Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo, a leading source of knowledge in fast-emerging Asia and the Pacific for 20 years. Investors have been increasingly integrating environmental, social and governance, or ESG factors, into their investment decisions. In this podcast, ADBI financial economist Naoko Nomoto and Peter Morgan, ADBI Vice Chair of Research, discuss the emergence of ESG investment and its potential to enhance economic sustainability and resilience in Asia in the face of climate and COVID-19 shocks and related challenges. The discussion stems from their new ADBI press book, Environmental, Social and Governance Investment, Opportunities and Risks for Asia. Naoko-san, Peter, thank you for joining Asia's Developing Future. Can you start by explaining what ESG investment is and the market outlook for it in Asia and the Pacific and worldwide in the COVID-19 era? ESG investment, which focuses on corporate initiatives that are not reflected in financial figures, such as the environmental, social, and corporate governance factors, is really the trend of the world. In 2018, the global ESG investment amount increased to $35 trillion. Recently, they have shown rapid growth, and even uh, after the COVID-19 shock, investment swelled. Why might investors want to integrate ESG factors into their investment decisions? There are several reasons, I think. First, they may adopt ESG values as part of their overall investment strategy due to a perception that the market may undervalue certain factors which are conducive to long-term sustainability of firms, such as transparency and green investment. Investors have begun to realize that ESG factors can contribute to efficiency, productivity, long-term risk management, and operational enhancement. An ESG investment represents an approach through which companies can act sustainably by taking action in certain areas and also provide value to their investors going beyond simple profit. This is likely to be true, particularly of investors with long-term investment horizons like life insurance companies, pension funds, and sovereign wealth funds. Second, they might want to support such values for their own sake or their effect on the environment in general, regardless of whether they contribute to financial returns or not. In particular, ESG values align well with the sustainable development goals in general and efforts to limit climate change in particular. And thirdly, they may use them as a marketing tool to attract other investors who hold such values. I think Peter has covered all important points and just as to add one thing, after the global financial crisis in 2008, there has been widespread movement to rethink excess capitalism and profit supremacy. That's a very driving force. How can ESG factors incentivize the private sector to tackle environmental and social economic sustainability issues? Mainly there are two things. First, uh, Good ESG performance could help corporate to reduce cost of capital for the firm. We analyze the relationship between capital costs and ESG factors for the top 100 Japanese companies. As a result, companies with excellent human resource utilization, such as diversity, human rights, and working conditions tend to have low capital costs, namely high corporate values. And secondly, ESG initiatives will support the company's resilience against market fluctuations. Also, it's certainly a good uh, advertisement by uh, companies that, that they can attract more attention of investors by showing that they have a good track record on the ESG factors. So there is a certain amount of signaling which can provide some advantages to companies. What are the challenges for the growth of ESG investment in Asia? 
There are still a lot of challenges. It's more difficult to evaluate ESG investments because many other factors need to be considered besides financial returns, and, and some of these are difficult to quantify. They generally have a medium to long-term horizon and are subject to changing regulations and policies. ESG factor scope can vary greatly depending on the industry and the country. The greenness of projects may be difficult to establish ex ante, and, and it may also be difficult to verify their greenness ex post. There's no uniform definition of a green project, and many entrepreneurs are unclear still about how ESG factors relate to business performance and associated benefits. And in particular, ESG investment is still generally in its early stages in Asia, and some firms still consider ESG investment unnecessary or even burdensome. And one thing under COVID-19 crisis, there's some problem whether the investment in ESG can be continued as the situation of economic deterioration is very, very severe. Before we wrap up, would you like to tell our listeners anything more about your new book, Environmental, Social and Governance Investment, Opportunities and Risks for Asia? This book is very unique as there has not been many researches from Asian perspective. And as Peter suggested, ESG investment, there are many challenges. And it is quite important for Asian policymakers and researchers to get actively involved in the development of criteria. And I think this book will be helpful for them to, to get the idea about the trends and what the issues. Yes, I think one of the uh, findings is that the policy environment for ESG investment is very important uh, so that we would like to encourage policymakers in Asia to try to establish an environment which is conducive to promoting ESG investment. Thank you very much, Naoko-san and Peter, for your insights and telling us a bit about your new book, Environmental, Social and Governance Investment, Opportunities and Risks for Asia. You can find more details about the book and download a free copy at adbi.org. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo. See the show notes for the transcript and related material. For more information about us, please visit adbi.org.